Hello and welcome to the Occult Mama podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hood, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I know we were on the hot on the trail for the Kaibalion and going through the deep dives there, but I decided that I will do the Kaibalion bi-weekly and um, we'll do like fun and witchy episodes in between. That way it just feels a little heavy, you know, like there's a lot to the Kaibalion. It's a really deep philosophy and occult teaching, so I just kind of need more time to write those episodes, so I just thought this might be a little bit fun. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, we'll have the Kaibalion bi-weekly and then these. Um, the idea, this episode idea actually came from one of the people who listens to this podcast who also attends that witch school with me. And if you don't know, that witch school is a very inclusive community that um, Danny, um, that witch, she hosts it. Um, you can actually sign up to be part of the school and there's a lot of lessons and things. And the best of all is the community that she has. If you need a witchy community, that is absolutely the best and most supportive community I've ever encountered. Not that this is a... Uh, sponsored episode or anything like that. I'm just letting you know, you know, this is, this is what I love. But anyway, um, I posted a picture of the pocket altar on the community and I made it out of a tin and she mentioned how this might make a good episode for my podcast. So thank you for the idea, Jen. So what's an altar? An altar is a sanctified space devoted to deities, venerated ancestors, archangels, um, whatever. <laughs> it is a deeply personal choice as to what kind of altar or where the altar may go. Wikipedia describes an altar as follows. An altar is a table or platform for the presentation of religious offerings, for sacrifices or other ritualistic purposes. Altars are found at shrines, temples, churches, and other places of wor worship. They are used particularly in paganism, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, and modern paganism, and in certain Islamic communities around Caucasia and Asia Minor. Many historical medieval faiths also made use of them, including the Romans, the Greeks, and the Norse religions. Keeping an altar is a tradition as ancient as they get. There is evidence to this tradition dating back to 480 BC in ancient Greece, but that's just evidence. So my theory is that we've been pretty much doing that since the dawn of time, you know, building altars and things for, for our deities or for our guides. But the oldest altars, being a large flat stone or slab, where offerings are made to the gods. So you may be asking, where could I make an altar? Especially if you don't have a whole lot of room, like if you're in a tiny apartment like I am. You can create an altar within any available space. It can be indoors or outdoors, although altar maintenance is easier indoors. In modern times, though, we make altars where we can. On shelves, on cabinets, on dressers, in closets, on end tables. <laughs> you can even make temporary or travel altars if your situation calls for it. And as I know, not all of us are safe to practice openly, or we may be in the broom closet. There are many options available to you. 
Alters can be as big or as small as you need them to be, and it can really has much more to do with your intentions than it does having all the witchy aesthetic. You can even make one out of a shoebox. I've seen them made out of satchels. I've seen them made out of so many unique and creative approaches. Like, and it just, it, it makes my heart glow whenever I see those sorts of things. When people use their creativity to build altars. So when would we use an altar? When would we, whenever we need to connect with our guides. When we are seeking guidance on an issue or we're having, that we're having in this 3D realm or when we want to cast some magical intentions into the universe. Altars are a perfect place to perform rituals, do magic, divinations, offerings, or just to open ourselves to our guides and meditate. And believe me, like sometimes it can be a little muddled, you know, doing divination work. Like sometimes you pull a card and you don't understand why you pulled the card. Or like maybe this is a new pendulum and you're not real sure which way is the swing although you can always ask the pendulum you know pro tip you can ask the pendulum what is yes and what is no anyway it is sometimes easier just to open yourself up and listen and meditate clear your mind and just let everything else melt away for a while so who should i make an altar for well i mean that's a personal thing who you who do you feel pulled to work with who resonates the most with your soul for some it's your ancestors for some it's a deity you feel called to work with for some it's the archangels for some it's just a place you keep sacred for contacting any of the above and to make offering offerings to those that help you your altar is your magical space you have the ability to choose what you place on your altar and where it should go but what goes on an altar what kind of things should I put on my altar? Once again, very deep, deeply personal decision, but there are many different options and different things to consider. For example, for an ancestor altar, you might place photographs of your family when they were still alive along with some incense in an offering bowl with the occasional goodies that your ancestors enjoyed. Some say to avoid salted food as salt can offend spirits. If you don't know what to offer in the way of food, the traditional offering to spirits is tobacco or alcohol. The unprocessed kind of tobacco is usually the best, but in a pinch, a cigarette will do. Uh, one thing, one note on where to place uh, a uh, ancestral altar, though. There are some that say that it's a bad idea to put an ancestral altar in your bedroom. <laughs> you need like a separate space for that. But anyway, that's just some people's take on that. You do what you do you. Like figure out what works for you. If your altar is for a specific deity, do a little research into what your deity's correspondences are. For example, I recently made that pocket altar in honor of Hermes. I did a quick Google search into what are adequate offerings for Hermes and discovered that Hermes prefers the colors gold and silver, that the tarot card associated with him is the magician, crystals associated that I had on hand was amethyst, although it did say, I think, crystal quartz also was one of them. I don't remember the rest of them off the top of my head. Objects associated with Hermes were dice, so I put in a couple of those, a small satchel of lavender, and a rose quartz pendulum. I also added a picture of a travel destination and lots of gold elements. 
also the symbol for Mercury because he's, you know, the god of Mercury. I did this in an Altoid tin so I could take it with me. But it's ultimately up to you and the type of altar that you would like to create and what's on it and what it may be used for. I've heard so many different options and so many things uh, that you could do and that you could make your altar out of. Personally, my favorite altar is a TV cabinet that was headed to a landfill. Somebody just threw it by a dumpster. So I saved it and repurposed it. It has cabinets, so it's very handy to be able to place candles that I'm not using or incense that I'm not using or tarot decks that are less often used. I've heard of many ways of making an altar and where they reside in the home and outside of the home. Altars are pretty flexible though, and I really enjoy making them. When the weather's warm, I like keeping an altar outside too. And I have the one in my kitchen and the one in my bedroom. And like I said, that Altoid tin, which was kind of fun to make. And I hope this, this episode inspired you. I hope this episode, um, gave you some ideas on what you can do with your own altar. Like what kind of things you can put on there, what kind of things you can do. Um, just gotta think like, what are some things that you would like to have on hand? With me, my personal altar, my favorite one, has, you know, like a tarot deck on it. It has a piece of selenite on top of that tarot deck because it keeps the deck clear. There's several different ways of clearing a tarot deck, though. That's just one of my favorites. Um, I also have candles, and I have uh, I have a feather that was a gift from, from Spirit. <laughs> Actually, on my birthday, of all things went on a bike ride and I found this feather. It was a gorgeous feather and I was so happy to find it. Everyone around me was looking at me like I was a real weirdo, but I didn't care. Um, so that's on my altar. Uh, a tarot card that I'm trying to better understand is standing on one of the candles and that's the tower. Um, we recently had an intuition strength training class that we did and the card that I pulled was the tower. So I'm trying to uh, slowly understand that card. That card is just standing on its own against the candle. So every morning when I wake up, I see, you know, my feather and I see the tarot card for the tower. So it's like my daily reminder, things I need to focus on, things that I need to remember. And that feather, the reminder for me is that spirit has my back. Spirit's there for me. And it doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. Spirit's there. Spirit knows. Like, spirit has me. We're good. Like, we're all a part of the same stuff, after all, right? We're all made of the same essence that the spirit was made of. Like, we're all interconnected. So, it's important to remember that that we are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Interconnected. That there is no real separation. Um, anyway, so I know that was a really quick episode. Uh, what I'll do next is I will pull a tarot card for you guys. And, um, kind of give you a, a collective reading. So what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to go ahead and pull a tarot card for you guys. Let's see what we got. Of course, my favorite deck is out in my backpack. I should have used that one, but you know, it's fine. What I've got here is a felt deck. Once again, the one that's in my car that I leave in my car. And uh, <laughs> I'm not super familiar with my felt deck yet, but I do know at least the Rider Waite Smith interpretation of these cards. So, not perfect at this. Sorry if uh, you had the idea that I was perfect at pulling tarot cards or that I know everything there is to know. I am still learning. Still a student. I've been learning for about a year and I still don't know everything that there is to know about tarot. Just like I don't know everything that there is to know about astrology. Just like I know that I don't know everything that there is about spirituality or the universe. We are all students, right? Anyway. I'm going to go ahead and pull you a card. What we'll start with is a deep breath. In. Hold. Breathe out. We'll do two more of those. Breathe in. Breathe out. got one. What we got was the priestess. The priestess is uh, the high priestess in the uh, right away Smith deck. So we'll go with that interpretation because I don't know everything that there is to know about Thoth. Like I said, um, not an expert on Thoth. It is a pretty card, like very ethereal looking, lots of triangles and and diamonds and things and there's a camel and there's fruit the important thing to remember with the empress or not the empress it was the the high priestess is that she is in essence she's passivity she's receptivity she is thinking being aware of everything that's going on without taking action. She has a feel for everything that's going on around her. And it's more important for her to pause and feel that, feel the energy around her than it is to take action to do something drastic or unprecedented. Sometimes we just need to take the time to think to reflect before we make any large changes and this is honestly a lesson that I'm trying to learn now in my daily life uh, I have a lot of changes that I want to make in my life I want to move I want to I want to find a career that I want to stick with for the rest of my life I want to find something that's spiritually fulfilling and I want to get us as a family 
to a place where we aren't struggling and living paycheck to paycheck. So there's a lot that I want to push forward on. But right now, what the universe is telling me to do is to wait. Gather resources. Gather intel. Think about what you're about to do. Because it's very important that you take the time to reflect. You gotta, you got to calculate all the variables, especially when you have people relying on you. So that's where I'm at, is that I have people relying on me and I want to go and just dive off that cliff and be spontaneous and do the things that my soul tells me to do. But at the same time, I have to be reliable. I have to earn an income. I have to still take care of my family. So I'm, I'm learning very hard lessons from the high priestess. It's not been an easy lesson either. Um, because there's so much in me and I don't know if I've told you this, uh, I am a Gemini sun sign, a cancer moon and a Taurus rising. And of course my Gemini sun makes me the most antsy person. I want to go and accomplish and do and communicate and build an empire and like, I don't have a whole lot of fire in my chart, but it seems like all the air and earth and water more than make up for it, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> I don't have just ridiculous fire. I have limited energy, but at the same time, I, I still want to learn. I want to grow. I want to do. I want to be in the mix and I want to get my hands dirty. I want to get my hand in that clay and make stuff, you know? And sometimes, sometimes it's not uh, prudent. It's not the time. It's not right. It's not the right time to jump in and do things. It's not the right time to jump in and make hasty decisions because we have other people to think of. We have other obligations. And I think that's a lesson here. I think that's what I need to take away from this. And I think maybe that's what you need to take away from this. I think you need to take the time to reflect. And I know how hard that can be. I know how hard it is to just sit and wait and just expect something to fall in your lap. Like you don't want to wait. I know I don't want to wait. <laughs> I'm 37 years old and I want to make something of myself. I want to do something substantial in this world. And waiting just feels so counterintuitive. It feels so counterintuitive. But the thing is, if we don't gather our resources and take the time to really connect the dots and really, I mean, save away some money, you know, put away the effort, do the things that you need to do to be responsible before you jump off that cliff because if you jump off that cliff unprepared you're not going to be happy with the results and I think that's what the universe is telling me and I think that's what the universe is telling you and I guess we'll leave it there <laughs> uh, 
I'll go ahead and I'll have this released um, on Friday. And then uh, there'll be another episode next Friday about the Cavalion. We'll be moving on to the Principle of Vibration, I believe. And I'm excited about that one. It actually is more entertaining than the Correspondence one, believe me or not. It was hard. It was a hard one. Like, just fully grasping that one and then writing an episode about it was difficult. And I think that's why, you know, like, I got this poll. Like, okay, we need to take a step back, do something a little bit different, because bashing my head against the wall over and over and over and over again it's not it's not productive and it's not good for anyone and i am sure you guys are tired of hearing me struggle so what i'll do is we'll get back to it next week and i hope you guys stay well i hope you guys still healthy and and enjoy the cold as best as you can i know it's beautiful right now the snow is just everywhere and the sky is gray and it's quiet and peaceful other than the cars honking <laughs> anyway um yeah here's me signing off occultists unite